You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. His eyes were big and black, but they didn't reflect light. He had no fear. And I was thinking in that moment, if he stands up, I'm done. And then as we got even closer, it started clicking my head. This is not like anything you've seen before. You're listening to Strange Familiars. True stories of the paranormal, cryptids, hauntings, the occult, mythology, UFOs, folklore, weird and forgotten history. Please make sure to like and subscribe to Strange Familiars on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever you are listening. Please share the Strange Familiars page and episodes on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, Email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, and of course, strangefamiliars.com.
Welcome to episode 15. Before we begin, I want to ask for your help. If you enjoy Strange Familiars, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. $3 a month gets you bonus content. We try to do at least one full extra show a month. Sometimes we can do more. I often put up other bonus content, like download links to songs from the episodes or some extended interviews and so forth. If you're looking for things like Strange Familiars t-shirts and stickers, I know some people have asked if you can get the Strange Familiars logo on a t-shirt. You can. It's at Patreon. There are different reward levels for things like t-shirts, stickers, buttons, and more. The rewards on Patreon are structured in such a way that you pay for the item with your first month's payment. So in other words, if you go in at the t-shirt level, I will send you the t-shirt after your first payment clears. After that, if you want to go down to the $3 a month level and just get the bonus content, you're welcome to do so. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. And of course, thanks to all of our current patrons. If you like the music we use on Strange Familiars, that's done by my band Stonebreath. We just released our newest album. It's called Witch Tree Prophets. If you get the CD directly from us, it comes with a 30-page booklet with lyrics, several illustrations I did just for this project, and two essays. One was written by me on The Witch Tree, and another was written by David Weatherly on Tulpas. You may have heard David Weatherly on Where Did the Road Go or some other paranormal podcasts. Uh, He's a pretty well-known paranormal author. We were really grateful he gave us a piece of writing exclusively for our booklet, For Witch Tree Prophets. The CD is also available on Amazon, but if you get it there, it won't come with the booklet. It'll just be a standard CD. You can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. James and I will be making appearances representing Strange Familiars at the following upcoming events. On Saturday, September 16th, we'll be at the Haunted Haldeman Mansion Paranormal Expo in Bainbridge, Pennsylvania. This is right on the river in Lancaster County, right near Marietta and Chickie's Rock, which you've heard us talk about on Strange Familiars. The event lasts from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. There'll be vendors, lots of guest speakers on different paranormal subjects and more. Go to hauntedhaldemanmansion.com for more information. September 29th through October 1st, that's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we will be at Monster Mania in Hunt Valley, Maryland at the Delta Hotel Marriott. On Saturday, October 14th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., we will be at Albatwitch Day in Columbia, Pennsylvania. This is a street festival with lots of paranormal vendors, artists, speakers on paranormal topics. There'll be live music, including Stone Breath will play a set there. There's a zombie beauty contest, trolley rides, and other activities. This is a family-friendly event. If you want to stay after the fest, there will be a showing of Harry and the Hendersons outside at the park in Columbia. At all of these events, I'll have copies of both of my books, as well as Strange Familiars t-shirts, stickers, and more. You can look for the Strange Familiars banner, come up and see us, say hello. You can meet James and I. Uh, We love meeting listeners, and we'd love to talk to you. So James and I originally recorded another episode for this week. It was on the ghosts of Gettysburg. James went to Gettysburg and did several interviews and stayed at some of the haunted inns and so forth. And we had put that show together. It was all ready to go. And I saw Aaron David post something about a cryptid he and Kelly had seen very recently. It seemed very immediate and it seemed that we should publish this episode as soon as possible. So we're going to delay the Ghosts of Gettysburg episode 
That'll be the next one. And we're going to talk with Aaron and Kelly. So Aaron and Kelly are both on the excellent podcast, Charm the Water. They recently talked about some strange things Kelly had seen around their house. And this was before their cryptid sighting. There were elements to their sightings that kind of set off a few alarms in my head. And it made me think they're going to have a cryptid experience. You can hear more about that in our talk, though. So I asked Aaron and Kelly to come on Strange Familiars and share their experience. James and I recorded this interview with them Monday night. It's a long episode. I edited it down from two hours. We start off talking about occult spirituality and magic, which is what Charm the Water covers. And then we get into their cryptid sighting and, and eventually how these things may tie together. It's one of my favorite discussions I've had yet on Strange Familiars, and I hope you enjoy it as well. We are on tonight with Aaron and Kelly from Charm the Water. And before we get to a really interesting possible cryptid or devil monkey sighting, let's talk Charm the Water. So for those who don't know, Charm the Water is a podcast that deals roughly with occult matters. Do you want to describe it? Yeah, I would describe it as that. I have a uh, Pentecostal background and um, a guy came along on Facebook named Rufus Opus one day and sent me his Neoplatonic basics. At the time, I was involved in some heavy Reformed theology, Christian stuff, and uh, the hermetic stuff was all new to me and kind of opened my eyes. And from there on, I started experimenting. The next thing you know, I had this podcast. I was very influenced by guys like Soraya Azkath and uh, Joshua Cutchin, and I love all the paranormal podcasts out there. And the, I listened to so many podcasts for so long, I was like, I, I've got to try this. So uh, that's how it, it formed. I will say that I didn't really know what I was doing when I first started. Joshua Cutchin, I did a little magical operation, and like the next day, Joshua Cutchin contacts me. And I did not know Josh from anybody I get hooked up with him, and the next thing I know, I'm on uh, Soraya's show. I don't want to say that was all because of magic, but uh, you know, Josh is a really good guy, and Soraya is too, but that was the kickoff, how it happened. And uh, since then, a little over a year now, Charmed with the Water has just been a almost diary of my magical dabblings. Some interviews with some magical folk out there that are known in the occult community. As a listener, that's that's kind of the feeling I come away with. It's it seems very much a diary of you, which is really cool. I think you, you actually have a a really good voice for it. I don't know if everybody could get away with it. I hope you're taking this as a compliment. I don't I don't mean that in, in any way, but a compliment. <laughs> yeah. But it's really well done. I, I just I really enjoy it. So uh, Kelly sometimes joins you on the show, and I have to ask: Is she on a similar path? Do you walk the same path, sort of as seekers or or similar paths? No, and sort of yes, and uh, yeah. yeah what? How would you? I, I guess I could say. Um, I mean, I have a Christian background as well, and I still have a deep faith in God. I don't attend a church. I don't go to church. I don't believe in the institutionalized kind of thing. Um, so Aaron is more into magic, 
But I also have some giftings that we've realized are actually starting to coincide with Aaron, which is pretty cool. And I mean, it's led us to this house that we're living in here in the mountains, and it's opened us up to different experiences. And especially over the last year, it seems like we've come together, grown together more. I said to him today, it's almost like the things that we would think are impossible are becoming possible that we would never think could ever happen. And we are deeply connected spiritually. So even though he's on the path to be a magician and he's doing magic and he's doing rituals and he's doing all sorts of things, I have this um, supportive nature that kind of feeds into that. And I'm, I I mean, would you say that, Aaron, probably is a good description? Yeah. Well, there's an episode we did early on called Paranormal Kelly. And I think growing up, she had so many weird experiences that this, my weirdness isn't that weird for her. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been so many things that have happened over the years that now the things that are happening to me that, that didn't make sense from as early as three years old, when I'm with him, they make sense. Things will happen with me or I'll dream something or see something. It makes no sense to me. I'll mention it to him off the cuff and it'll totally click. So we're starting to realize that we're on this path together. I mean, I don't think I will ever say I'll become a magician. That's never going to be my uh, goal. Um, I have nothing against it, but I just think my role is to support him. She likes to be called the sorceress. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So if he's the magician, if Aaron's a magician, and you are not, do you believe in magic? From what I've been seeing lately, I would have to say yes, definitely. There's very few things ever that he does. Sometimes I'll, I'll get a feeling like that's not a good idea. And I think there's only been one time that I've ever voiced my opinion and said, I don't think this is right, Aaron. It moved in my direction, thank God, at that moment. And I think it was for our benefit. But in general, even if I, I tend to not agree, I usually give him the reins. And where magic has led him and now led me, yeah, definitely. I would say that I, I firmly believe in magic, and it's pretty powerful. I would just say that uh, where we are now uh, living, I look at as a direct result of an experiment. And uh, what, she, what she's talking about, she didn't want me to do. That was back before the solar eclipse to the partial lunar eclipse. I was planning something, and I think those energies were too powerful to be messing around with. Uh, we both had really, really severe nightmares that night. I was like, probably she's right. Let's back off until these eclipses are over with. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's important to pay attention to all of the signs. The, mm. the, the universe tends to give you signs. If you're going to walk you, these paths, you know, you gotta got to pay attention to the signs along the way. Absolutely. To put a little occult perspective on Kelly's and mine relationship, I'm a Capricorn and she's a Virgo. So Capricorn, the goat, this male-directed energy, and Kelly is so receptive. And so we're such a good yin-yang match. And she effectively acts as my seer. So it it works out pretty well. Yeah, somebody described it as like, yeah, like scrying or something. I'm not really very familiar with that, but that was what 
one of Aaron's friends had mentioned that it's almost like I'm scrying for him or mm-hmm. like he said, a seer, which means so much to me because guys, seriously, to go my whole life to see things, have things happen, you feel like there's no purpose. And it's like with him, all of a sudden, it's like there's purpose. I know what I'm here for. I know that I have a mission. I don't know what the mission is. Like we keep saying we don't know what the mission is, but we know that it's special and it's a great connection. So who knows what we can accomplish? I mean, I think it's really exciting, all these things that are going on. As someone, like you both have a good attitude about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's also really refreshing because I think about that stuff a lot. Um, people who seem to be... They seem to be here and they, they go their whole life and they see and experience the world in a very different way than everyone else. And so much so that I think that they take it for granted until they meet other people who have stories and it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like when those connections happen and you have those aha moments, I think that is a, a very sort of magical thing, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to, find, to find your people, so to speak. Yeah, I think um, there's still so much taboo around this stuff you guys have on your podcast stuff I talk about the stuff, you know, where did the road go family of podcasters talks about my dad worked a 40 hour a week job for like 40 something years. So I think 40 something crazy and, um, never really stepped out. I think I'm sort of the product, uh, like a pendulum swing from him. So, uh, I have no problem coming out sounding like a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> I keep saying crazy's part of it. After I did the show with Soraya talking about some of, some of the weird experiences I had, I started writing down more. And of course, when you start recalling these things, you start bringing up other things and you start making connections, you know, connecting the dots. Like, oh, I, I never realized how similar this was to, to this experience or mm-hmm. or this, this sort of symbolic experience. And... Uh, it just sounds crazy when you write it out sometimes and you just, you kind of have to own it. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. It is. It, it's so, such a personal individual type thing. It's hard to even try to relate in a way that uh, other people would understand. If that, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's yeah. subjective in, in nature. I think the world of forms is what's on the other side of this. The, all the other people they're like in this world of form, creeds, beliefs. We know who we are. We know what we're about. I'm on the other side of that saying, the Socrates, all I know is I know nothing and fall into this hole of paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider yourself like a follower of the chaos magic thing? I know lately, uh, just from following your Facebook posts, you've seemed like you've wanted to get more into that more formal kind of occult schools. Yeah, I'm looking at the AEA, uh, which was where my mentor went to and joined up with the OTO. I'm in the midst of reading a bunch of Crowley, and I honestly am not on board with uh, Thelema as a religion. Uh, I think as a philosophy, it's interesting. I think Chaos Magic wants to distance themselves from Crowley, and they don't want to own that they're a direct consequence of Crowley. <laughs> uh, right now I'm interested in Buddhism and uh, meditation and sort of combining that. I would call myself a uh, Trimethean. My mentor, Rufus Opus, and uh, also Freder Ashen Chasson, their systems come from a guy named Trimetheus who did a 
uh, system of planetary initiation, which is what the magical schools get up to, but it's in the later grades. You start out with the elementals. Well, I just jumped right in and had a uh, quite a big experience. I think that's that's another thing that really sets magicians apart. They're after the experience rather than the form, sort of subscribing to a system and saying, yes, I'm this now. I think true seekers are always going to jump right into the midst of the thing in, in search of experience. This stuff is taboo still, no matter what we tell ourselves. For that reason, it goes unexamined. There's not a lot of critical eye taken to it. Uh, there's a lot of dismissiveness around it. You know, I was listening to your Bigfoot two episodes. Even the newspaper, the old 1800-something newspaper, couldn't help but make a joke about, you know, the hair growth stuff. Right, uh, yeah. In the exact same way uh, the 4TN stuff is handled in the news today. They, they have to make a joke out of it. Oh, yeah. And the occult most of the time as well. It's, you know, you're either immediately a Satanist or you're a joke. It's the way well, you that know, the mainstream handles I think, things. I think, that that's a, I think that's a good thing. I think maybe a, a good topic to sort of maybe put a little heat under for folks who might be listening that aren't really sure <laughs> what that is. Uh, what, what, you know, when you say the occult, like, uh, again, like a while ago, you know, people go to two very extreme, generally two extreme ways with that, right? Yeah. What would you, like in, your, in, in the most simplest terms, what do you feel like those stigmas are? And what would you say to folks who maybe have that sort of, sort of like short sight of what it means? Well, I think uh, the word itself basically means hidden. And I think that it really comes down to that. And people react to things they don't understand, especially if they're brought up in a certain way where, where there's only one right path, and that's the path mom and dad walked, and you have to walk it, and your kids will walk it, and anyone else is wrong. Even if we're to we tolerate them, they're wrong. Yeah. Fear comes from that, I think. Yeah, Robert Anton Wilson said that exact same thing in this way, that we all have reality tunnels, and those reality tunnels individually are connected to greater communities of reality labyrinths. And it becomes so complex that one group of people's reality labyrinth looks completely insane to another group's reality labyrinth. They can't understand it. They can only polarize against it because it's too crazy. But I think Kelly could give a good definition of how somebody outside of a cult that had always been, I, I don't know, Kelly, how would you, when you first started hearing a cult, what was your reaction? Oh my gosh. I remember when I, I first met you and that was something that we talked about. I immediately, you were going to the pit of hell and I knew you were on your way there. And that's immediately what I thought, you know, over time, I mean, whether I've been desensitized or however someone would say it, I just think knowledge is power. You know, I've definitely transformed my thinking uh, into understanding better. The picture is way bigger than I was ever raised to believe. And the box is bigger. I mean, if we take God and not put him in a box and we keep him open, then we can see that everything is interconnected and everything is huge. And it's not just one way. There's several ways. So, I mean, when I first met Aaron, yeah, my first thought was, was he's definitely, 
you know, Satan is out for him and he's going to take him to hell. And I mean, literally, and I wasn't even going to church at that time, but because that was the mentality, you know, I hate to use the term brainwashing, but essentially anytime I believe people get into religion, it's a, it's a form of brainwashing because you filter into what you're taught and what is constantly pounded into you over and over and over and over again. It's very ritualistic. You know, Soraya Ascat said something really that kind of hit me in his conversation with Joshua Cutchin and Ren Collier uh, in one of the last roundtables. He said, I think maybe a possibility for all of this stuff, these UFO experiences and stuff, people have built up infrastructures like around them, this extraterrestrial hypothesis and all of these different races of aliens. But what if, like, all of these were just spiritual awakenings that people had mistaken for some, like, real reality out there, like spaceships and stuff? And that, that really struck me. Have you read Demonic Reality? I have not. I've heard Josh talk about it up a lot. If you like that idea and if you like Young, I'm about halfway through the book. I've been powering through it. He really does an awesome job. He's kind of shifting the way I think about all of this uh, paranormal stuff. It's a very sort of Jungian take on it. Interesting. I'm definitely going to have to pick that up. I've got your book on the way, um, which is so funny because, honestly, I don't know how Kelly feels about this, but I've never been interested in cryptids. I grew up watching shows like Sightings and stuff like the rest of you guys. What was the one with... uh, Leonard Nimoy. Um, yeah, and there was a few others. Even um, the one with the Untouchables guy. Unsolved Mysteries. They would get weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a few. I grew up with Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. You know, the classic Bigfoot footage. I forget. Patterson Gimble. Yeah, that's something from my teen years. And I just kind of got into this other stuff. And I was like, and then there's shows like you know, the Bigfoot shows. And I was like, this has just become a big joke. So I kind of distanced myself from all that. But man, do I do a 180? Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, get around to this, but let's come at it yeah. in, in, a, in, a, in another way. In a recent episode of Charm the Water, you guys talk about some, some strange things happening around your house. This is your your new place you just moved into recently, right? Yeah. How long have we been here, Kelly? Since August first. Okay, so could very you, recently. Could you could you tell the listeners what the area is like that you've that you've moved into? I spend a lot of time at work, so I'll let Kelly uh, tell what she's experiencing. <laughs> yeah, I work from home, so I sit in the office uh, most of the day, and then I'm here until he gets home, usually around nine thirty at night. He's done more exploring. Well, let me just say that uh, the landscape essentially is that we live on 160 acres of land. We live in an old farmhouse that is remodeled. It's quite beautiful, actually. So there's really not much around. Uh, We do have a house on either side of us, but I mean, that's miles down the road on both sides. So it's very secluded. One thing we were talking about just recently when we recorded something, we made a joke that usually people... You know, when you walk outside and you see your neighbors, you just wave and say hi. Here, if we see somebody on the road, like, immediately we're like, what do they want? Should we call the sheriff? Like, (laughs) why are they here? (laughs) So, I mean, if that gives you any kind of idea 
but I mean, Aaron can explain a little bit more if you want him to go into the depth of it, but he actually dreamt about this house two years ago. And we've been coming to a conclusion recently uh, as this has led him here magically as you know, with me as well, the dreams that he had, there were two dreams, one in 2015, one in 2016 that we did talk about on Charm the Water that has been unfolding where we realized the landscape is the same in his dream. It came in, uh, the, the eclipse has come into light. Uh, the fields, we've both been having dreams about fields recently. Like there's all sorts of synchronicities that are happening. It's been one thing after another. There's never a dull moment here. And you can hear the excitement in her voice where there's so much and it's on such a subtle level. Um, something that was not so subtle, Kelly didn't want to tell me about she actually told Charm the Water friend before me because I tend to get freaked out. That's just how I am. Like my initial reaction to things that go down, it hits me like a cannonball. And then like 30 minutes later, I'm fine. Everything initially hits me pretty hard. So uh, she waited to tell me and uh, she said she had been seeing something shoot up and down the driveway. And uh, I'll let you take it from there, Kelly. Yeah, I... uh probably the second day that we were here and, and really what he's talking about is uh, when I have, if I see visions or if I see a spirit or if something like that happens, sometimes he gets, he gets real nervous real quick. And I think it's mostly, like I said, for me, it's second nature. So I'm just like, Hey, guess what I saw do 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 do. And then I go about my day and he's like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? So the second day we were here, I actually saw a woman sitting on the porch. She was crouched down And she was just very manic and a little crazy, but I didn't want to tell him about it because of the fact that I knew he was going to get scared. And I thought, oh my God, this house is so great. And I want it to be beautiful and perfect. And I don't want to ruin it yet and make him nervous. Like, oh crap, we just got here and she's already seeing stuff. But the weird thing is ever since I saw her, I periodically on the right side of the house along the driveway, I keep seeing something white shoot back and forth. And I told Aaron, you know, that I assume it's her because she was wearing a white gown, even though it was covered in dirt. She was dirty. But it's like I said, I I think she's just trying to tell me that she's here. Like she wants my attention. She wants me to know that she's here for some reason. I don't know what it is. Even to this day, I still see her shoot up and down the driveway periodically, and it happens so fast. It's literally like the blink of an eye. I just see something white shoot by. Are you catching and, uh, this, James? Yeah, I'm catching this. this is, yeah. Uh, there, was, there, was a, um, there was a sort of unfolding of this uh, just this weekend where I sort of had Kelly in a relaxed state. And I started kind of asking questions about this woman, and uh, she came up with a name, which is Maria. Mm. Yeah, and that was unusual, actually, for me. I, I, I normally, I mean, he's asked me to do things like that before, and I always say, Aaron, I don't want to bring this on. I don't, you know, I really, truly don't like to seek anything out like that. And uh, I conceded, I guess you could say, and... Um, I don't know. I just, I, it's like he literally, he, he asked me what the name was. And as soon as he said that, I, I knew the name and it was just crazy. I was so relaxed and so calm. Um, it was just a different experience. Can you describe this uh, woman's appearance a little bit more if you, if you can more details? Sure. Sure. Um, she had scraggly hair. It was brown hair. 
Um, her teeth were black. She, like I said, she was covered in dirt. Um, she was smiling at me in a very maniacal way. Uh, she was crouched down on the ledge of the porch. It's ironic because both Aaron and I, since we moved here, even though we never said it to each other, that porch freaks us out. And I, and I have a feeling it's because that's where she stays. Even when you come up the driveway, you get this feeling, or I do at least, like something is watching me from that porch. She was just crouched there and looking at me. And at the time when I had seen her, I literally looked at her and then I just passed her by and ignored her because I wasn't sure what her place was. Uh, I haven't even told Kelly this. Um, oh, no. But ap- after the weekend and I got the name, I stepped into the circle of art uh, with Wand and Crystal and started invoking and trying to get more information. And what I received was that something had happened with her in one of these barns. And when I started to get this information coming through, I heard a noise, a crash in this room we're sitting in right now. And a book had fallen off the shelf. And it was a book called, look at it right to your right, Kelly. It's called The Spirit of the Mountains. Can you see the author's name? Sure. Anyway, it had fallen off the shelf. And I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, the name is Emma Bell Miles do you want to know what I think yeah what what I thought upon hearing this on Charm the Water yeah these women in white these kind of haggy women in white are often heralds of cryptid sightings what What? yeah what super weird that's why I wanted to have you on yeah what? There was a, there was a, there was a documented story that was on another well-known, well-listened to podcast within the past year where they had talked about these folks had encountered. Were, they were having a, they were having a, uh, creatures on their property, and the creatures were almost challenging them and like trying to provoke them to come outside and come into the woods and you know. This has been going on for a while. Nothing was making them go away. They put lights outside, and you know they did all kinds of stuff. And uh, finally, there was a, at one point there was this woman who was wandering on the property, an old woman whose clothes fit were very ill-fitting, and uh, she was walking across their property. And they were like, "What are you doing? No, don't go. You're don't go over there. There's you know don't go out there." And she turned around and gave him a grin and kept walking and just like ignored them. And uh, wandered off into the area where these things were uh, oh, provoking them yeah. from the wood line. Yeah, and, and there's more. There's more to it, but like that's uh, pretty much the gist. The, that story brought up several other people discussing, <laughs> like, like you know, how oh, I I saw this woman in white, this real hagged out woman in white, and then I saw Bigfoot, or the reverse. I saw Bigfoot drove down the road. I saw this real hagged out woman in white. It was real weird. Her clothes were real, real ill fitting, and so forth. Our episode on the witch diggers, there's another uh, kind of very similar tale. Yeah. Um, I actually had not heard that. That's the one with Josh Cutchin, right? Yeah, yeah. actually have not heard that yet. When I heard you talking about this woman on Charm the Water, the uh, first thing I thought was they were going to have cryptid sightings. They are going oh to my have God. a cryptid sighting. <laughs> oh, good Lord. And then this week, you can tell everyone what happens. 
Well, can I just, I want to just well, throw something in there really quickly. I'm, my mind's a little blown. <laughs> yeah, right mine is too. But the funny thing is, is I literally, I think it was yesterday, I said to Aaron, because this, this thing that we had seen was all white. And I said to Aaron, I said, wouldn't it be ironic if whatever that thing was we saw is what's been running up and down the driveway, that it's yeah. not actually her? Because what I'm seeing that's passing is pure white, but I assume mm-hmm. it was her because she was wearing white. Right. And I just said that to him yesterday. That's so weird. I can't even breathe right now. <laughs> well, it, wow. it, may or, it may or may not be a relief to know that we've also experienced the flash of the white on a what? local level. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we are. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually talk about that on the show, but. Um, had another yeah. one today. <laughs> yeah, in broad daylight. Yeah. It's a very, very beautiful day out here. And sure enough, Tim and while we were out, you know, I heard the sounds and, I, and uh, he saw the flash. But uh, we've seen the flash at night as well. Wow. The white flash. Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. And again, you know, as we were talking earlier, there's there's this weird synchronicity, right? You know, like oh my god, yeah. The way things the way things just kind of connect and sort of unveil themselves, so bizarre. So, so this yeah, week, I, let's let's talk about your the cryptid sighting. Then let's let's get into that. If if okay, um, yeah, I'll try to reel my tongue back in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to go ahead, Aaron? You want to start? Um. Okay. So, so where did this occur? Was it near your house? It was probably how how far down would you say, Kelly? Probably five miles, maybe. So relatively close. Yeah. In cryptid terms, that's close. Yeah. This was a Sunday morning, about two a.m. So extremely late Saturday night, really. Um, Just eight twenty-seven. You know, just what two days ago. We had gone to this 24-hour gas station just to get out of the house. What we were actually doing was going and buying weird food to uh, review on videos for YouTube just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, on the way back, and I don't know, Kelly, you take it from here. Okay, yeah, no, it's okay, honey, I got it. So essentially we we were coming back down our road. And I was driving only about 45 miles an hour, and I had looked over, and I had seen some deer on the side of the road, no biggie. And probably 10 seconds later, we come up to this curve, and on the opposite side of the road, on the left side of the road, I see this big white dog. I mean, it was just huge. And he was walking down the road toward us, and as soon as he saw the car, he stopped, so I slowed down thinking he was going to run into the road. And as I slowed down, I looked closer at him and he wasn't a dog. He had the legs like a dog, but his front legs were very muscular and almost longer than the back legs. And then he kind of sidestepped twice to the right. And Aaron had made a comment that maybe he was like, I thought he was bracing himself to be hit. Like he thought I was going to hit him with my car. And you know how like a person, when they get startled, they'll kind of brace themselves. And Aaron said, you know, he goes, I think he was bracing himself to attack because like how like a monkey would do, how they kind of sidestep and then they, but his arms got real big in front and he just kind of like, you know, he like braced himself and he just stared at me. Like, and Aaron 
said the same thing where it was he was staring at us like he was making eye contact with us the thing is his eyes were big and black um but they didn't reflect light which i thought was the strangest thing because i just passed deer and i saw their light or their eyes in the with the light and his eyes didn't reflect light he had i saw a snout like a small snout with a black nose um his mouth was closed he had like this white fur all around his head like a baboon would and it made his head look round but it was like straight out he was perfectly white very clean he literally followed us and he followed my gaze and i remember driving and i couldn't take my eyes off of him because his eyes were so mesmerizing and i just remember saying what the f is that as soon as i saw him and me and Aaron and i was like i'm out of here I'm out of here. And Aaron wanted to go back. And I was I was scared because I mean we're in the mountains and it's pitch black. There's nothing going on. Right. And you not only that, but right. Road, you know? right. And not only that, but this thing literally he probably would have come up to my window on my Jeep. He had to have been on all fours, he had to have been at least four feet tall. And I was thinking in that moment, if he stands up, I'm done. Like he could do something to my car because but he looked like a monkey. But he had somewhat like the body, like a dog. I didn't see a tail and I didn't see the feet. But it's, it's like really a- interesting to me that, you know, you, you're the, one of the things that's sticking out to me is like right away, it's like it, he had arms, not legs. It wasn't four legs. You're like, no, he had two legs and he had arms. Does well, I mean, the arms were, stick out to you, you know, like the like they were muscular. Yeah, they were yeah. muscular, but like I, I, I thought he looked like a dog. Like I thought they were like dog he, legs, but just more muscular in front. He, he did look very much like a dog, but you know, you've seen some great big pit bulls. They're so muscular. Yes, I I describe his front arms or whatever looking like stovepipes. Huh. Mm. I find it really interesting that you describe the face baboon like. The rear legs seem hocked like a dog's, you know, like the, the crooked, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. I, I think the way you described it moving was sort of, it moved sideways, right? Yes. Only in tracking with us to maintain uh, eye contact. Okay. That's the, only, that's the only reason it moved. Huh. See, I perceived him as being passive, like, but then again, I'm the same person that anything with fur, I think, loves me. <laughs> so, you know, and Aaron, Aaron's more logical, where I'm just like, oh, it's so yeah. fluffy and sweet. I, and he's like, I'm, oh, no, no. Well, I'm just now recovering from the shock of what you just told us and uh, running all these repercussions from that in my head. I'm just kind of now recovering from that. But um, here's what I saw. We were talking about some nonsense. Kelly had her window down. I had mine cracked. All of a sudden, I see something on the left side of the road, right off of the road. I think I'm looking at something like a really big dog's butt because I see kind of a triangular dark spots. My eyesight isn't the greatest. I wear glasses, and uh, I probably need to go to the eye doctor again. But As we got closer to it, I realized I was not looking at something's butt but i was looking into something's face and i never broke eye contact with its eyes what was so strange about it to me thinking later this thing was looking into the cab of the jeep Mm -hmm. uh, and it did not move whereas a typical wild animal would bolt would would have took off into the woods 
this thing, it was like a sentinel. Like, hmm. it had no fear. And the intelligence behind that, to look straight in the cab, yeah. just staring. My eyes were totally locked on these just two huge black orbs that I could not see any anything but like black pits. And the second thing I noticed was the head. I thought this was a dog. And I was like, wow, this is some really screwed up dog. <laughs> and But its head was round. And I was like, somebody must have cut its ears off. And then as we got even closer, I started. it started to click in my head. This is not like anything you've seen before. I was keeping eye contact with it in my peripheral vision. I kind of noticed it. I, I didn't see the feet at all. Right, but I didn't I, either. I saw it like a almost like an ape position, both of its arms kind of scoot them, or you used the word shuffle, Kelly, uh, to keep tracking with our eyes. And we passed it, and like Kelly said, she was like, what the F was that? And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, turn around. And she was like, no. And then all the way home, we just talked about the, this how strange it was, and, and we kept noticing details emerging of how weird that was. And this, we're going on like, what, I don't know, we've been talking about it nonstop and thinking about it nonstop since it happened. Well, can I throw in this other detail that's actually really crazy? <laughs> Is that yeah, please. Aaron, he's, he's really like a, I always think he's like a trickster because he's, he's super funny and super dry. But he started picking on me immediately. Like, we were talking about how crazy it was. And then he's like, look, Kelly, there's a devil monkey. Oh, my gosh, there's one coming out of the bushes right now. Like, he's joking and picking on me. And he's like, look at the devil monkey. Ooh, and he kept calling it a devil monkey. And I was like, Aaron, stop. I'm like, that was really creepy. We don't know what that was, blah, 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 blah. So we get home and, like, not even thinking. I'm like, whatever. I sit down and I was like, babe, I'm like, I'm just going to Google and see if there's any monkeys in the Appalachian. Because in Florida, there's monkeys that live in the trees. And if you actually Google it, it's legit. There's oh, monkeys yeah. living there and they're afraid that they're going to move north. So I thought, well, maybe there's monkeys in the Appalachia too. Who knows? I Googled Appalachian mountain monkey. And immediately story after story after story called the devil monkey. Okay, and I literally okay. stopped and I'm like, Aaron, have you ever heard of that? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? I, he like, he thought I was crazy. He thought I was insane. But that, that's not the weirdest part of it. I thought it was weird. That's when I started getting freaked out thinking, you know, what was that? <laughs> yeah, I was right. kind of like, I was like, oh, turn back. And she wouldn't turn back. So I was kind of like having fun with it. And, and it but didn't really strike fun me. With it because it was more of like a, a way of dealing with what you just saw. Like, well, I don't think it, in the mood a little bit. Like, I don't think it, it wasn't until we got home and we really started thinking about it how exactly how weird it was exactly exactly so by the by the end of the night it just kept building we kept bringing out details of how strange it was and so like at first it didn't hit me like yeah we were like what the hell was that but really thinking about it it just got stranger and stranger with what you saw on the side of the road now obviously a dog's shoulders and a monkey shoulders like the upper body is, is is set up very differently because uh, apes have more of a have a chest, whereas a dog is just you know straight rib cage for, for the most part. You're saying that this thing looked kind of apish. 
Yeah. Would you say Um, that you saw shoulders? I, I, I was, Kelly saw such detail that she could pick out hair coming off its head, which made it look round. I couldn't see that much detail. I only saw the circular head and I was so locked on to its eyes that the only detail I saw was its arms and the vague outline of how its body was positioned. Right. Uh-huh. And I, I, I kind of had trouble explaining this, but it very much looked like a dog in the back. But there was something very off with its front front legs that was apish. But well, I was yeah. so locked into those eyes that I, I did, really didn't pick up much detail from anything else other than it was white. To me, it looked like it had a... Okay. Round head and the eyes were so big and so black. It was really, it was almost ghoulish. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's not unusual for people to, when they have these settings, to lock onto one feature like that. You know, people will remember, oh, I remember the eyes, or I just remember looking at its mouth. They can tell you everything about the mouth and you know, nothing about, you know, the ears or, or, or anything else. It's just a, a very common thing. People tend to lock in uh, mm. for, for one reason or the other, and, and most commonly on the eyes, and that's probably a, a human thing. You know, it's probably natural for us to, mm-hmm. to go to the eyes. Uh, maybe they were extremely deep set. Is why we couldn't pick up any actual. That's possible. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't perceive it that. I thought they literally looked just like black eyeballs. Just big, like full on black. black eyes. Yeah, there's no iris. There's no the nothing. It's just black. black. Reflection. Yeah. Like yeah. A shark. I mean, I, right, right. And to think, I mean, that's still the one thing that blows my mind is I kept telling Aaron, I'm like, if this is an animal, if this is really an animal. The eyes didn't glow. The eyes should have glowed. I mean, and not only that, but when high beams are like pointed at one thing, it was like he was making eye contact with us beyond the headlights that were facing him. Like, how is that possible where he's able to make eye contact and his head followed as we passed by? It's just the whole thing was just like the more I think about it, it's just crazy. It stood itself in Loomis like a three-quarter stance and followed you with its head, like it like poised yes. itself, like ready for some sort of action, whether it be yours yeah. or its. Yes. Did the back of the creature seem like parallel to the ground, or was it the front end higher? No, the front end was higher. And and yeah. it it was like dog, regular dog in the back, like how a dog oh, would stand, but yeah. it just looked like that front part was at it angled up. Right. Yep. And the the legs, I mean, literally, I I do remember the legs being so similar to a dog's legs. And uh, James, you said it perfectly how they they kind of are 
not broken, but they're like bent. That's how the legs were. That's why I thought it was a dog at first because of, but when I saw the size of it, I was like, that must be a damn big dog. (laughs) It was really big. I'm so glad we got you on so so soon after the sighting too, because knowing the cryptic community, if someone hears this on our show or if they see, you know, your post uh, uh, on Facebook, someone I guarantee will contact you and say, you had a dog man sighting. They will start to tell you what you saw. Mm. What you're explaining is is not a dog man, uh, you know. I mean, it's, it's not a Bigfoot. I don't. I don't. It confirms more with these devil monkeys. It really does. Whatever they are, you know, I've certainly heard about the sightings and stuff, and they, people describe these baboon things. But yeah, uh, but even in the old uh, newspaper articles, you know, from here in Pennsylvania, there's numerous uh, accounts of people seeing baboon. Mm type creatures where they're explained to have more of a muzzle like a baboon and have a lower back end like a baboon. There's a few of those in the book. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if this is not perhaps a variety or something related to those reports as well. You know, it's not geographically <laughs> impossible. I would say it's probably geographically probable I'm that a, this could be something. I'm totally trying to keep it on a, level where I believe this is an actual animal yeah. right? that's not known. But here's what it made made that kind of just difficult. We went back the next day. We both wanted to go back during the day. And we had not been down that road during the day. And we both noticed how absolutely beautiful the land out here, the mountains are untouched. It, it's just amazing. And we went back. We didn't see much. We actually didn't stop because we actually noticed there was houses on both sides of the road, which was a little unusual. It's kind of a, what, three, four houses, would you say? Oh, where we saw it? Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Um, So we left. We didn't really see anything. We were almost expecting to see it. We almost expected to see some kind of really messed up dog in this it turned out to be like this junkyard type. That's somebody what I was like, hoping for. <laughs> somebody had like eight or nine cars, just really old cars, just junked out in their yard. And I thought immediately of your iron shows, Tim. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. Uh, so we come back later that night, and um, I have Kelly pull over. I wanted pictures where we saw it. And I started to take some pictures, and I hear this woman say, Hello? Just out of the darkness. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hello? <laughs> and she's like, do you need help? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm just taking some pictures. Uh, we uh, we uh, saw something weird here <laughs> last night. And she kind of walks over to me. And super nice lady. She's like, well, there's an apple tree right here. Uh, she's like, we have deer come down. Uh, we've seen bear. She said, my husband even saw some kind of cat. I was like, no, I know what deer look like. I, I grew up deer hunting. It wasn't a deer. It wasn't a fawn. This was no bear. It was no bear cub. It wasn't any of that. And then she kind of got a concerned look on her face. And she was like, that is weird. And she was like, I don't know if I want to walk out here at night anymore. I told her both our full names. And I was like, our landlord's name is uh, blah, blah, blah. He probably really appreciated that if he knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we, we got out of there. So it, it was 
I'm you, glad. You know, I was gonna. Her. I was gonna say. I'm trying to imagine how you strike that, strike up that conversation with the people who live nearest to you. You know, like, hey, uh, we live up the street, and we were just curious if you've seen any <laughs> white baboons uh, on the road since <laughs> you've been here, or anything, or anything weird. You know, I, I described it to her as monkeyish. I asked if there was any dogs. What I had noticed both times we were through there, there was no dogs barking. Um, yeah. Typically, if they're in the area, they'll go crazy. The other thing that we must be thought of, too, is uh, the fact that she mentioned the apple tree across the street. And I told Aaron, I said, I wonder if maybe he was feeding or he was grabbing food or something like that. And we have huge apple trees in our back, in the back of our house. And I thought, I I don't think it's a coincidence (laughs) at all. Like, honestly, like here where we are, a lot of the strange things that have happened in the past and even strange things that are happening in the the right now are happening in areas that have huge orchards like right in the center. I don't think that's a coincidence. Like even the slightest, you know, I've actually considered going to some of these places and just straight up trying to talk to the people who, you know, own those properties and just ask them if they, you know, be straight and have you seen anything weird here? Uh, Have your workers experienced anything odd? Um, Because I can't help but feel that it's definitely not coincidence. You know, these, these places all have these vast orchards where they grow tons and tons of things, you know, that get sent out all over the country. Even if it yeah. didn't eat apples, it might eat those things that, yeah. that do eat apples. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. after hearing the Bigfoot shows you did, Tim, what was the thing, the German name, something like Abla? Oh, Alba Twitch. Alba Twitch. What is it? Alba Twitch. Alba Twitch. Yeah. And you gave the German etymology, and then you said they're also made to be this thing associated with apples. Kelly had mentioned the apple tree. I didn't really put it together. I was like, ah. And how it was standing almost like guard. I was like, what if it was guarding like others like it while they were gathering up food? I don't know. It was just so strange how it was standing there almost like immovable. Is there a creek I, nearby? Is it flowing water. Yes, tons of them. We have like three just around our house. Mm-hmm. We have to cross a bridge to get on our land. Check. <laughs> yeah. Apples, you know, food sources, check. Uh, delicious fruits, check. Mm-hmm. Water sources, check. Mm-hmm. Creepy old white, creepy, creepy lady in white, check. Well, for me, the, the, the creek <laughs> is, is the ultimate liminal zone. It is constantly changing. Again, there's your water, Aaron. With even rain, Something that goes along with this, maybe I should mention, we're on spring water, and just last week, was it, Kelly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We Our water ran out, and uh, we had to call the landlord. He went up. The source is up the mountain in the back, so it took him a while to get there. He said it was the biggest tree he's ever seen has fallen, and we had really heavy rains uh, a couple of weeks ago. He thought it had crushed the line. But comes out, wasn't that, it was just a lot of apparently debris had gotten the line that he was able to blow out. But uh, just the timing of this stuff, this this is the weirdest part of this for me. Well, it's all weird. But I go to work today and I update my iPod podcast and, you know, I listen to Beyond the Darkness with uh, Tim and Dave. And I see Tim has done an episode called devil monkeys <laughs> and i'm like 
what is going on? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm, it's just of course. Yeah, at this point, it's like yeah, of course, of course, there was an episode. You know, it's I mean, so bizarre. It almost it almost throws a shadow of a doubt on our story. It's so, oh, you so. guys just heard this, and, uh, and now you come up with no. a story, and. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like that trickster element that's in there. Just yep. kind of like, don't pay them too much seriousness. You know, I think that's pay- absolutely true. I think part of the whatever these things are, there's always an element of uh, you know making the witness seem again crazy or, or somehow casting doubt in it. There always seems to be an element of that. It's so bizarre. It's this constant thing that happens along with all this stuff. I'm I'm curious to get more information from you guys because I mean, Tim, I can't wait till your book gets here. I heard you today say you go kind of back and forth day to day to thinking whether these things are entirely biological creatures or whether there's there's some sort of paranormal element. I I don't know. It sounds like you guys have already put together the white dress lady. That that blows my mind. Well, I, what are your thoughts? <sighs> Currently, today, I am off the entirely physical creature thing. I have to always put that caveat in there. They leave footprints. They leave hair. They kill, you know, animals. Uh, sometimes they pets. poop. <laughs> yeah, they, they leave scat. They poop. But there's something very, very strange about these creatures. They, they all of these cryptic creatures. They don't act like well, like normal natural animals in any. I mean, in a few ways they do, but uh, the way the uh, the guy, uh, the fellow, Patrick Harper, who wrote Diamonic Reality, he was talking about people um, having these Bigfoot experiences and feeding them, which, of course, the same thing goes back to people would leave out food for the fairies. It's the same sort of drumbeat that's going on through time. You know, often people, if they forget to leave food for the fairies, what, what do the fairies do? They go nuts and they, you know, they, they beat on the house and so forth. You get the same thing with Bigfoot. People start feeding them, they stop feeding them, Bigfoot goes nuts, starts beating on the house, etc., etc. The way that Patrick Harper put it, which I thought was brilliant, he says, you don't have to feed them, but you do have to heed them. And I thought that was that was brilliant. And feeding them is one way of heeding them, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that. You know, a lot of, a lot of the, the ape in the woods guys will say, you can't feed them, you know, you, they'll get dependent mm-hmm. on it and so forth. But again, if you look at fairy lore, and, and I, you know, I'm so thankful to Joshua for, uh, you know, kind of put me on that path because mm-hmm. the connections go back way before we were calling these things Bigfoot, before we came to the new world, that people were, were leaving out food for things and that just having these same experiences, that the things just look different. But uh, yeah. you, you can't deny well, that, that the experiences were the same. Well, even with the First Nations people, there were some tribes that would leave out offerings and there were some tribes who were kind of of the opinion of absolutely not. Yeah, have very different opinions, and it, it changes depending on the geography. Uh, and again, I think that they're dealing with different types of these creatures. And, and um, just as there are some that consider it a complete spiritual being, and others that consider it just another natural animal, or even, or even a, yeah. a type of human. So that debate is like something that's been always, <laughs> for the most part, at least here. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, I like lately, my my thoughts on it are, you know, just as a Kelly, just as you are a person who is in tune with, I guess, the you're operating on a different 
on a different system than most people. Okay, so you have these experiences and and you get to see the world a bit differently than most. I am kind of of the opinion that perhaps what we're dealing with is something that is also in that similar uh, category of experiencing the world and perhaps what gives them such a mystical sort of, I guess, edge or, 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 or like an appearance is, is the fact that perhaps they're just so much more in tune with that other side. You know, maybe there's something there, especially if they're, if this is something that's flesh and blood that's close to, close to people, why not? You know, if you're going to, go with demons or go with spaceships, why not go with something that we also, you know, which is also a possibility and that it could just be something operating on a different level of, <laughs> of experiencing the, the reality, I guess, a different kind of reality being experienced by these things. And that's what gives them such a supernatural sort of, they're in touch with where they live, you know? That, know. that is fascinating. Being the magical type guy I am, my first thought was to consult the I Ching, and I came up with Kun. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it, but uh, hexagram number two, which is described as a field, uh, also a mayor. We've both been having dreams about fields, and it's the sort of yin receptive uh, acceptance of nature. Also, you mentioned the goddess. This is a bit of a digression. I was just, I was, I had it together before you mentioned the the lady in white, in conjunction with these things, and now I'm just kind of scrambling to get a, a ground again. But um, I did this Venus conjuration, and this was my first big magical experiment. And uh, I had a huge lucid dream thing that I don't want to get into now. But in the following days, I had poltergeist activity. A very secure picture of uh, Jesus got pulled off my wall, smashed a altar, and about 30 flies showed up. And I'm like, hmm. You know, these are physical things going on with something that I believe is non-physical. Right. And, and the first thing I thought of was, um, you know, in the Bible, uh, post-resurrection Jesus shows up to the disciples, they're out on a boat, and he's having a barbecue on the shore, and they're like, oh my God, it's a ghost. They come in, and they're like, he's like, oh no, chill out, it's just me, see, feel me, I'm all right, I'm here, and was physical. So it kind of strikes me as funny, people always want to put it, things in a category of, well, either it's there or it's not there. Either UFOs are physical or they're not physical. But my thinking is, why can't they be both? I think that's where I'm headed. <laughs> I, you know, or at least where I'm, where I've landed today on that. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting. You put it like that, and uh, James, that's really interesting too. The way you put it about maybe well, these beings yeah. being so well, so in sync. It would with occur nature. to me that you know, they don't have they don't have the rules that we're bound to. You know, hypothetically, you know, they don't have the rules. They or, or the rules they that we are, bind ourselves to. Yeah, I mean, they define the occult itself. They don't want to be seen. They avoid us un- until they don't want to. They appear. Yeah. So weird. 
So uh, another thing, and this is this is going to be a preview of, of an episode that, that we're working on. In fact, that we were working on it today. I'm still pulling thorns out of my hair from, uh, <laughs> from, from, from our little hike today. <laughs> I believe people are seeing uh, creatures, cryptids in general, more, uh, more often than they used to. Th- this could be just simply down to people have the internet now and it's a lot easier to, to talk to people about it. Something in me says no, I think people are seeing these things more. But beyond that, I think people are seeing white ones more. I keep hearing, yeah. you, you never would hear about, about white ones. Well, yeah. you hear here and there, but they are very, very rare. And we've been picking up white ones. <laughs> you know, I keep hearing other people. Plural. Uh, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Oh, my goodness. Uh, around the country talking about these, you know, more and more, like, white things, which is just really interesting. I don't know what it means, but, I, you know, I feel, like, remiss not to bring it up. Super mm. fascinating that you guys, just like Joshua Cutchin, are picking out these these running themes within this phenomenon. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if there's one thing, and I know James is the same way. This is we kind of bonded over this, both being interested in this stuff, but connecting dots and finding these commonalities throughout. Is we both get really excited about that. I know Joshua does too. I think that's why uh, you know I, I click so well with Joshua. How do you feel, Kelly? Is your like mind blown? I'm just trying to really. I'm trying to wrap my head around the whole thing, yeah. and considering the fact that I, I don't honestly. I love Joshua Kutchin. I love you know that he's so successful, and but I've never really gotten into the whole folklore thing. Honestly, I kind of like Aaron the same thing. Like I, I never really delved in or or really put much stock in it, and uh, now with this woman. And, you know, and all these things, like, my mind is really just reeling. And, um, like, I, I literally, my, to rationalize this whole situation, I feel like it was real. That was an animal. Like, I could have reached out and touched him. I could have. Sure. I could have touched him. He was there. You know, I mean, I think sometimes like we get it in our mind that if we're going to see something paranormal, that it's like he doesn't have any feet and he's going to be floating and he's going to fly away. Like that's literally he's not he wasn't a mist. He was he was tangible. I I could have gave him a high five. Neither one of us saw his feet, did we? That's true. We didn't see his feet. But still the point, (laughs) he wasn't floating. I mean, he was walking. Like, he walked and stopped. Well, that's the difference between hers and mine. She says she saw it walking and mm-hmm. turn around. Not turn uh, around. He was walking and then stopped. Walking backwards? No, honey. He was walking, like, down the road. And I saw him take about two steps. And then that's when he looked up and saw me, saw our car. He was and that's walking, when he stopped. Walking in our direction. Yes, Correct. He was just walking, like he was walking down the side of the road. And then he saw the car, and then I said, what the mm, is that? And that's when he, like, stopped, and that's when he did this, the shuffle to the side twice. It's so strange. So strange. Uh, looking better, I'm glad we didn't go back. Um, Me too. Because I had a, my cousin knows the woman who had her face bitten off by a chimpanzee, and I've going to look at this devil monkey I've heard of the attacks and she had her winded down and we were feet away from this thing yeah well that's just it I believe that I believe that in these like close encounters that people have like in very close proximity if there was ill intent you wouldn't be telling the story you know what I mean there'd be a, there'd either be no story because you wouldn't be 
or or it would be just a different story about like, no one ever no one knows how the accident happened you know like I, I believe that these things could pretty much I mean it's their world and we live in it and I think that they could have us if they wanted it even if it jumped on the car you know what I mean like guys probably it could have been an accident you know it's a lot of it but it didn't that's not what happened it, it, it stood its ground and you guys kept moving and and now we have this story, you know? I have some concern because, you know, Aaron is very, he loves hiking around the land and, and going up the mountain and down the mountain and around the mountain. And I'll tell you on it, if I can just change a quick direction. In your Bigfoot show, Mark was talking about how, and I think, Tim, you actually said it. You said the phrase something like like a deafening silence or when the, the silence in the woods, when yes. it gets quiet. Yes. And and that actually gave me a shudder. And the reason why is because Aaron and I had done a paranormal investigation called the Haunted Picnic Area. And I feel like I'm still not over it. And it's strange because we've moved to this area where it's all wooded. But him and I had a really intense paranormal experience. Um, we were connecting with the spirit, uh, we believe, of a murderer. And we ended up, I mean, we were probably, I would Three. say... Through the ghost box, so it's all very right. subjective. Of course, but it, the mere fact is we were, I mean, where we were standing in this area, you could hear the cars on the road, and it came to a point where him and I got completely lost. This was a place that he had been several times that he knew like the back of his hand, and we were lost in this small, tiny, wooded area. Couldn't hear lost, anything. Lost like the most disoriented? Like you were there? Yes. Absolutely like, disoriented. Yes. Confused, lost. We couldn't hear the road. We couldn't hear the trees. We couldn't hear birds. Nothing. It was complete and utter silence. And so, like, I, I when you're talking about, like, this woman and, you know, people trying to pull you off into the woods, since that time, I have avoided going into the woods. I'm terrified. And I, Aaron's, you know, so used to the woods, but I'm a city girl and I'm trying to get used to it. And there was no drugs involved. There was no no drinking. Mm -mm. I had brought a beer, but it was to pour a libation. Yeah. And, uh, things got really weird. I could not tell where we had been. I couldn't tell where we're going. I couldn't tell Mm -hmm. the direction. Well, I know, I know that Tim's, Tim's probably his brain's going a mile a minute right now. On this, like the disorienting, like weird woods thing where everything goes quiet and surreal. Well, I think that's why I'm, I'm so beside myself. You're talking about these things or something potentially wanting you to go into the woods. And I I have that fear because of that experience where oh, I, just, I don't to really... The- to the creatures beckoning, trying yeah. to get these people yes. to come into the woods. Yes, and and, and sure. that makes me that gives me a, some kind of an element of fear because Aaron, you know, he's so drawn to go into the woods. I mean, he'll just wander off for hours and come back with scratches because he was in such deep brush. And it's that's like the, that's a one day uh, one way uh, my dad and I connected. He's been dead since uh, 2012, and I I wasn't really close to him at all, uh, but. One thing, when I was younger, he used to make me go squirrel hunting, and I had a really bad experience stomping a squirrel to death after I shot it. It's eyeball coming out. It was, I've never hunted since. Right. But um, we both loved getting out in the woods. We went deer hunting. I think we got a deer once. I, my dad just liked to get out there and explore. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a way for me to reconnect. I think every time I walked out the 
back door how my dad would love this place yeah uh, it's just so secluded he would i love- can i can personally relate to that i had a very similar upbringing minus the squashing of squirrels but we were out a lot <laughs> on some pretty epic a lot of poison ivy a lot of thorns a lot of bug bites you know a lot of dirt <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just hope there's no negative connotation um, because I'm, tr- you know, I want to see this whole experience as beautiful and peaceful and lovely. Well, you, you, you know, you got to, you got to see something that, in my opinion, is a very incredible and beautiful thing, and you're getting to tell the story. You know, that unto itself is well, whether it's pretty, the, in my opinion, incredible. Whether it's paranormal or a physical creature, I think the rules are the same. You approach it with respect. You heed it. You know, if you saw a grizzly bear in the woods, you wouldn't run up to it. Same thing. But yeah. likewise, don't let it stop you. You know, just because there might be a bear in the woods, you can't say, I'm never going out in the woods. You know, I think respect, you know, you would, you would respect it if it was a natural creature. And uh, whether it is or isn't, you just have that respect, mm-hmm. you know. True. You know, you're going into its home and, mm-hmm. you know, being permitted to move about. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, you know, you just have to keep. You get to, well now. You know that there are there are things out there, and and it, sure. you know, oh, it, it, yeah. is, it it is a it is it's it's not folklore. This is when the folklore jumps off the page and like yeah. becomes a, a it's you know it's a reality. That, and um, it, it totally <laughs> changed my drive home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're very aware, very alert on a swivel with the head, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just never want that deafening silence in the woods and getting lost like that again. Like I, I, I it, I'm really scarred from that whole thing. I, I, you know, and it's like all of a sudden we're seeing stuff now out in the woods, and I'm like, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never going to go outside again. I've experienced the silence. It is incredibly fear-inducing. Well, I don't know if it was the oh silence or the, the the things that were going along with the silence, but it was definitely not a fun experience. Fight or flight kicked in, and every bit of me was saying run, but I was unable to muster the, uh, I don't even know if it was courage. I just, my legs weren't going anywhere. That was that. Well, you know, I have a sidearm I've been carrying since we've been out here. Yeah. I, didn't I don't think that that's night. a bad idea, to be honest with you. I, I think, you know, if I were to realize what we were looking at and pulled the sidearm and killed it, we could have been international fame. <laughs> but then the magical side of me says, I don't think that's a good idea. You would probably have very serious consequences. There's always a cause and effect. Yeah. And, and two, Einstein said the most important decision you can make is uh, whether to perceive the world of the universe as friendly or unfriendly. I strive to perceive it as a friendly place. The the number of these creatures that have been shot at is absolutely huge. There are a few people who have claimed to have dropped them. Mm. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, right. I, I you know something in me goes. Eh. A lot of times, I think people- it's more. I think it's more likely that these things have been countless times been hit by cars and been dealt with on the on the hush. That's my mm-hmm. opinion. I believe that we probably lost more. I, of, of, of these creatures to being hit by being hit by cars, being hit by snowplows, things like that. 
I think uh, you could more so it. than bullets. I think you could shoot it at, at 20 times and uh, you're not walking away with a body for whatever but reason. What would you do? I mean, how would you get the body? To, how would you even move a body? You know what I mean? Like, it's well, something when, that massive. Yeah, what I'm saying is you're, you're probably not going to drop it. And mm-hmm. I, I think this goes to a paranormal thing, not a, not a physical creature thing. It's not because their heart's in their armpit, as some people say, and, and things like that. It, it's just there's so many stories of people shooting them and them not reacting. It, it reminds me of the, um, the Skinwalker Ranch story about the people shooting, <sighs> shooting the dog or the, the, the uh, dire wolf thing, and it just didn't, yeah. didn't even react. They shot it with a, yeah. with a high-powered rifle. It was like nothing. I mean, they blew a part of it off, and it didn't, it didn't care. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's also several stories uh, on record of, of folks thinking that they've killed these things. I mean, to have it pull sort of like a uh, – to do the horror movie cliche thing where they think it's done, and then they get close, and it jumps up. Mm. and scares the living hell out of them and either takes off or, or, or continues to pursue them. That, that's, kind of that's also something. With them. The, yeah. the Bigfoot community was up in arms over that. There's a reality show about killing Bigfoot, and uh, a lot of the Bigfoot community was, was really up, up in arms about it, and I just laughed. It's like, they're, they're never going to kill one. I'm not, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about it. They can with go their out camera with, crew they, in the woods. They can yeah. go out with tanks, and uh, they're not bringing a body back. It's not going to happen. Honestly... Before this, I, I did not, I didn't believe in Bigfoot. I really didn't. But now I'm like, I'm very interested all of a sudden, like I said. Uh, and there is that thing, uh, that uh, sort of paranormal aspect, the synchronicity of this just being on uh, Beyond the Darkness blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And my mind is even blown further by what you guys told us about the, the women in white. Uh, so now I'm just like, man. Since I since I've been taking this like a lot more seriously in my life, and it's not just something that I'm noting and kind of keeping to myself. I actually have a friend to bounce things off of and and say some of the things that I think about too, as opposed to just keeping it to myself. I think that there's been so many times, and like just even the last few months of Tim and I working together that I've had those moments where it's like like the universe is kind of saying, hey, are you, you, you paying attention? You, you listening to this? You know what I mean? It's been very interesting. You know, I don't have any, any preconceived things uh, in mind. I don't have any kind of, I, I'm not, uh, I've never been a churchgoer. I don't have that baggage at all. I've always kind of made my own path and looked at the world, put together my opinions of, of the world and the universe, like based on what I saw and what I experienced personally. And, um, uh, it's really, I feel like I was, I was right to do it that way. I'm glad that it happened that way because now things are getting really interesting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's gotten very interesting. Can you guys comment on what that woman possibly could be? I mean, hypothetically, <sighs> could she be maybe an entity? Like, is she a spirit that's lost that we need to say, okay, listen, you're not welcome here. You got to bounce. You know, I'm, how do can you suggest how we would handle a situation like that? I mean, she's been yeah. here the whole time we've been here. Uh, we, other people, and, and you will get, like, if you took this story out, out to the general world, there, there are people, you know, who have uh, YouTube shows where they talk to a lot of Bigfoot and Dogman witnesses and stuff, and, and they would tell you 100% this guy would say, oh, well, you're, doing, you're messing around with the occult, and you drew these things to you. I would say, well, probably. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, I don't think so. These these folks from the story that I had talked about 
from a story that was kind of like thrown around last year. Those folks had nothing to do with that. They were just two dudes who bought. They were two brothers who bought a bought a house to like hang out at and like you know uh, what, out, my, out in the woods. You know, my immediate thoughts. My immediate thought though is were there predecessors involved in the occult, right? Uh, because we totally feel drawn to this house. I initiated into uh, the sphere of Gabora, Mars, and there was a lot of stuff went on. We both had total cars. That's a long story, but this was the end result. Uh, we totally feel like we were led to this house, and I know that sounds totally subjective. And Maybe, maybe you experience, some, but not to me. I, well, I, don't, you, I don't feel that way about it at all. Well, if you knew... If you knew the day to day, like how this transpired, I feel like Kelly and I have no doubt about it. Uh, we were led to this house. So I'll, I'll tell you, the- I'll tell you how the story with uh, the other woman that was on the other podcast kind of played out. He gives an update. Uh, I don't know down the road, and he says basically these guys called a psychic in. This psychic came onto the property. They tried. Yeah, this is this is prior. This is prior, sort of, to seeing the woman. This was a follow up on just the Bigfoot aspect of the house well, no, and they, this was something that came up later about the woman I, I think they'd seen the woman too um, before this they just hadn't mentioned it I don't know anyway so regardless they, they call this psychic and apparently this woman collapses when she gets there she says there are so many entities here I can't you know I can't deal with this she is a Christian psychic um, which I didn't know that I have a book by that same name really? Christian psychic is its title and she told them that they were real creatures, but they were vessels for demons. Because I guess the, according to uh, their rule book, only humans have souls, so it's a lot harder to possess a human. But these things were uh, empty vessels, so they can more easily be possessed. And that they had to go to every uh, border of their property and say a prayer. Apparently they did, and, and they said that they, they still hear the creatures, they still see the creatures at the edge of their property, but they would not come onto their property. To this I say, I absolutely believe this, but I also believe that it doesn't have anything to do with the particular kind of prayer. In other words, in alien abduction cases, people have had great success with prayer and with religious symbols, hanging religious symbols on their bed to stop it, but it doesn't matter what symbol it is. In other words, Jewish people have had just as much luck with the Star of David as Christians had with crosses, as Catholics had with crucifixes and rosaries, as Buddhists had with Buddhist symbols, as Wiccans had with pentagrams. It does not matter what it is you're praying to. So I would say if you're really worried about it, I'm sure you know some blessings and banishings that hit the four corners of your property with that. You know, I almost did a banishing ritual last night, but it it didn't happen. And that's when the book fell off. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was just like, forget this. <laughs> and, and, and Kelly, the, Kelly the was like, was oh, it's nothing. Spirit of the Mountains, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, Spirit, uh, look, spirit yeah. of the Mountains. It, it, it just, dude, I don't know whether I tell, at this point, I don't know whether I tell anybody to get involved in the occult or not. Because I kind of enjoy it, but at nighttime, it's pretty scary. <laughs> and the next, the next morning, you're like, oh, yeah. You have a cup of coffee, and you're like, yeah, I'm a big bag magician spirits all around and stuff and then night comes and you're like "Eh." uh, for me digging into particularly the the alien abduction stuff is very it's a very similar feeling it's like uh 
like I need to figure this out. I need to figure this out. And then because I've had some experiences, <laughs> you know, nighttime rolls around and it's like, oof, man, why, why am I reading about that? You know, what doorways am I opening up by reading that? You know, yeah, that's my family are still very Pentecostal, and uh, you know, I work at a church, and uh, what I constantly hear is. Aaron, all this stuff you're reading, all this stuff you're involved in and listening to, you're bringing it in. And at my core, I'm a Calvinist, and that has to do with predeterminism. And I'm like, this is just how I am. I've always been drawn to this stuff, always had an interest in it. And just like with Kelly, she's always experienced it. And for me, there's there's nothing else. I You know, I can't go get a desk job and pretend... This stuff doesn't exist now. Uh, right. Well, well like I said, you just experience another side of it. You just experience the folklore coming off the page side of this whole weird reality we have that we're experiencing. That's another thing I want to address. As a folklorist, seriously, very offended by that, guys. <laughs> folklore <laughs> and fiction are two different things. I would recommend digging in. Dig into the local folklore. If you're living there, dig in because that will connect you to the earth. And that's real important. You'll find some amazing stuff, and you'll find some stuff that, that speaks to you, even, even if you didn't grow up there. You'll find something to connect you to, to yeah, the area where you what live. I, what I meant with that comment was I think that a lot of people look at that stuff, and we've talked about this before, Tim. Like uh, I have the utmost respect for folklore, and I do, I do feel very similar about it, but I think that a lot of people dismiss it as just – Yeah, you know, I know. They just dismiss it as stories, and – you know, sometimes there's... It's, it's a shorthand yeah. term. I, I understand. Yeah. I, I understand. yeah. In the same way, when, that I don't think aliens are little men from other planets. It's a shorthand yeah. term for, for these entities. Right. When Kelly mentioned that she's not read Joshua Cutchin's work, and I know the... You can speak to this yourself, Kelly, but I know the roadblock there is fairies. And so she's got this Disney idea of fairies. <laughs> and I, you know, it's something to be laughed at. And, you know... I have it, and that, from reading Josh's books and stuff, I understand fairies are not the Disney things. It's something much, much darker. And so I think that's her roadblock into folklore, is they're perceived as just as, you know, these these fantasy tales. But I see them as being situated very much in um, in real experience uh, with the spirit world or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I disagree with that, actually. I, I don't perceive them that way. And the only reason I say that I don't perceive them that way is um, through some education from you, Aaron. You and I have actually watched videos and documentaries about fairies, so I'm, I'm a little more educated on the idea of them. The things that we watched, I think we were watching something about these guys in Ireland and these people in Ireland who respect the fairies in such a way that was hard for me to perceive. It was hard for me to, to say, okay, well, you've never actually seen one of these fairies and they could hurt you or, you know, they can, they can attack you. Um, but you fear them and you respect them. That was just hard for me to understand. Well, there was uh, th- she's talking about the uh, documentary that uh, Joshua Cutchin was into and the guys on where did the road go? Josh sort of made them all sit down and watch it. And then they did a show on it. And it wasn't just all stories. And uh, one guy had had an experience where this being popped up and cut with a pair of scissors his shadow off. And um, 
went away with his shadow. Wow. But, uh, one thing I wanted to address was the term fairy and its similarity to demon. Uh, I kind of look at them as the same things, but my understanding of the word demon has sort of expanded. Spiro Nadelkos is a guy I've had on uh, my show quite a few times now, and he's a Greek speaker and um, has really taught me a lot about the origin, the etymology of the word demon from the Roman daemon to the Greek, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but diamones or something like that. And they encompassed everything from the dead to powers of nature, to the gods of nature, to greater gods. It was sort of an all-encompassing word for these entities. Yes. Be they dead humans or gods or actual infernal spirits and I, I think it's it's too bad that that term demon has just come to be something that is in Christian fundamentalism and is when people hear it they they have a uh, uh, revulsion reaction and I, I think anything I wish people would look deeper into those words fairy and demon to see that their etymology encompasses a broader aspect than some what people perceive as Irish bar stories or what's perceived as uh, something from fundamentalist Christianity. Right. Well, that's, that's a big problem. There's the drumbeat in the paranormal world. There's a certain section of people and you'll find them in UFOs. You'll find them in ghost research. You'll find them in Bigfoot research where they're demons. That's it. I've solved the problem. They're demons. <laughs> and uh, the, the, again, that, book demonic reality it t- says exactly what you just said daemon was a name for for this entire scope of this other these, these manifestations from visions to ghosts to these crazy cryptid creatures that are people are seeing everywhere it was a, a broader much broader term and not a negative term i like the, the way joshua says there's a there's an ecosystem you know that goes across, and it's uh, there's some pretty wicked things that fall in there, and, and there's some uh, some rather benevolent things, and you you have a uh, mm-hmm. to be honest, most of those things in there are very indifferent, uh, in, including most of these cryptid creatures. You very rarely get them to interact with you. Most sightings are roadside crossings. Most of them aren't as intense as yours, where you get the eye contact and stuff. A lot, a lot of people just see something walk across the road. You know, by far, most of these things seem indifferent. Uh, most ghost sightings are, are very indifferent. Very few times do people have any sort of real, you know, interaction with, with Kelly them. got the, the eye contact and even the facial reaction with that. Right. Right. Again, it's, I think there's, a, there's a, a whole ecosystem of, of these things. And I don't know if they're the same thing, but I, I do know, you know, where you find ghosts, you find cryptids. Where you find cryptids, you find UFOs. It just, it seems to be the way it is. See, I, I, whenever I go on Where Did the Road Go, I feel sort of unequipped because I have not read a lot of the ufological literature out there. I've not read a lot of the cryptid literature out there. Pretty much my speciality is Christian theology and hermeticism. And so I kind of feel at a disadvantage to play ping pong with you guys. Well... But I, I tell you, this 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 experience has. I did not realize that there were these connections between these things, and man, I'm telling you, like I said, it's a 180. I'm 
very interested all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people would tell you there there are, you know, you must read this book, this book, and this book in in the cryptozoology world. Uh, you know, it eh, there's not a lot of of uh, real hard like you must read this. Um, I, I'd say if 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 you're interested in, in cryptozoology, listen to witness accounts. To me, that's the most powerful thing because you're getting it from the source. Uh, and it's also interesting because if you if you're consistently checking this stuff out, you are able to start drawing lines and connecting things that are that are similar about those things, and then it, suddenly you it might it might make you look differently at your encounter. Yeah, if um, if you got my Bigfoot book, if that's the one you got, there's yeah. there's not a lot of my writing in there. It's a lot of reproductions of, of old uh, newspaper articles, but. The part that I did write is connecting those dots and pointing out that these same features in these these hundred year old and older articles are happening in witness accounts today. The same kind of behaviors, the same kind of things are just still happening. It's consistent so, throughout time. I see you doing what Josh is doing because Josh's books contain a lot of witness reports, but he's drawing a, a systematic sort of thread through those in his books. Uh, it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah. Do you find do you find that there's a lot of eye rolling towards Bigfoot and cryptids in the Fortean community? Oh, it depends. It there's it, if you know, you get your UFO people who are like, "Oh, those Bigfoot people are crazy," and you get your Bigfoot people who are like, "Ah, UFOs. Those guys are nut jobs." You know, we're, yeah. we're looking for an ape in the woods, but they're looking for little green men. They're crazy. You know, it's like, no, holding <laughs> that. okay, everyone back up. Well, we're looking for an eight-foot-tall <laughs> ape man, hair-covered ape man in the woods of North America. We are nuts. We're all nuts here. It's, you know, it's, it's the Alice in Wonderland thing. So, you know, it really depends on who you are. Some people just are drawn to it. Some people aren't. I wasn't particularly drawn to the ghost thing. And then I find as time goes on, the more I'm into this, the more it keeps popping up, you know, and, and I find, all right, I have to look at that now. That is so fascinating. If you wanted to look at this as, you know, like Jung did as the unconscious, some intelligence out there, Jacques Vallée, I keep hearing him talked about, but I've never actually read him. The idea that I gather that what he's putting down is there's an intelligence behind all these things. And it seems as times go on with this research and man, I am honored to be in in contact with you and guys like Josh and Soraya who seem to be at the cutting edge of this way of thinking and bringing it to the masses. And like I said, I, even myself, I didn't realize how closely connected this stuff is. And I keep going back to Soraya's comment about these things being mistaken, isolated incidences of phenomenon when they're perhaps he wasn't saying this is a dogmatic thing he was just throwing the idea out there they're individual awakenings uh spiritual awakenings that i just keep going back to that and thinking about this throughout all this weirdness yeah so would you take your encounter as a bit of an awakening at this point Almost, <laughs> honestly i don't know how kelly feels about this um, the way that thing was looking, almost a warning. I didn't perceive it that way. I actually perceived it as being passive. 
But I, I, I don't know. I think you and I in general, we kind of, that's kind of where we are, the yin and yang, because sometimes I look at things, I wouldn't want to say rose-colored glasses, but no, I look but at things on a lighter note, I think, than sometimes you do. You look at well, it like, let's protect ourselves, it's going to hurt us, and I'm like, hey, had, let's love it. We had a black pit bull. Yeah, but that makes a balance. You know? yeah, exactly, yeah, we well, balance each other well that way. We had a black pit bull show up one night and destroy a can of Pringles on our porch and uh, <laughs> scratch her Jeep. Uh, and jumped side. in my car. It jumped in my car. And she wakes up and actually sees it out there uh-huh. and wants to go pet it. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, guy in the car wants to go for a ride, obviously. <laughs> How bad could it be, right? Kelly? Yeah? Don't. Pet the devil monkey. <laughs> Don't pet the devil monkey. You but know, that's she, what I'm she, saying. I probably would have. I would have been like, she, hey. She actually said that. She said when she first saw it, she was like, oh, monkey. Like, that was that was something in her head. I'm full of love, honey. Full of love. That's all. So that's Peace um, and love. Tie it up here. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be a long one. I've enjoyed this. So Charm the Water, best place to find you. CharmTheWater.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Charm the Water. Where else, Kelly? Anywhere else? Google YouTube. Play, all of your favorite pod feeders. Yeah, yeah. Just type in Charm the Water and we're there. Awesome. And they can contact you via that website as well? Yes, or at CharmTheWater at gmail.com. That's it. Very good. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. And we'll have to come back and do a dedicated yeah. occult show you at know, some point. I, I really uh, am thankful that this happened because uh, it has suddenly thrown me into your guys' world. Thank you for listening. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Music, books, art, podcasts, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.